Thank you so much for joining us for today's podcast. We'll get started in just a moment. If this is your first time here, please consider subscribing so that you may stay up to date with the latest podcast. And if our podcast brings value to your life, please consider sharing it with family and friends. Thanks for listening. And now here's today's podcast. Thanks for joining us for the Covenant Living Broadcast with Pastor John Butler of Covenant Life Church located at 130 Atlantic Avenue in Bremen, Georgia. Please turn to 1 Samuel chapter 3. 1 Samuel chapter 3. First 10 verses. I just about drowned myself with that sip of water. I am good Lord. All right, meanwhile, the boy Samuel served the Lord by assisting Eli. Eli was the high priest. Now, in those days, messages from the Lord were very rare, and visions were quite uncommon. One night, Eli, who was almost blind by now, that's not just in the physical, that was spiritually too, had gone to bed. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was sleeping in the tabernacle near the ark of God. And suddenly the Lord called out, Samuel. Yes, Samuel replied, what is it? And he got up and ran to Eli and said, here I am, did you call me? And Eli said, no, I didn't call you, go back to bed. And so he did. Then the Lord called out again, Samuel. And again, Samuel got up and ran to Eli. Here I am, did you call me? Eli said, I didn't call you, my son. Go back to bed. Samuel did not yet know the Lord because he had never had a message from the Lord before. So the Lord called the third time. Once more, Samuel got up and went to Eli. Here I am, did you call me? And then Eli realized it was the Lord who was calling the boy. So he said to Samuel, go Go lie down again. If someone calls again, say, speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. So Samuel went back to bed. And the Lord came and called as before, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel replied, speak, for your servant is listening. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the opportunity to hear your voice today. And I pray that we have the wisdom that James writes about. Not just to hear your word, but to respond to it and to do it. Lord, I pray that today we not just hear your voice, but we all say, as Samuel said, speak, Lord, because your servant is listening. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, today we're starting a brand new sort of unusual series called November, K-N-O-W-Vember. Uh, it's a short series of messages based on things that uh, you may want to know, as indicated by the questions that were submitted last month. Now, they don't have these messages don't necessarily have anything to do with each other, other than the fact that they are on some of your minds. So, some of the questions I've answered directly, just via text, to the person who asked. Some of them I'll try to sort of roll together, those who are, which, which are related to each other, kind of roll them together into one of the messages. Um, if your question doesn't get answered, then just let me know, and I will be happy to answer them with you directly if I can. Uh, you'll have to contact me because most of the questions were submitted 
anonymously. Okay, so I don't know who you are. So today's question is about hearing from God. The person said, how exactly are we supposed to hear and follow, hear God and follow God? I've always heard his children will know his voice, but how do you know? I love that question. I love the honesty of the question. And I think it's a really important question in the life of any believer who wants to have a personal and intimate relationship with Jesus. I would ask for a show of hands how many of you fit that description, you, but I'm not going to. But you need to answer that in your own heart, even right now as we get started. Do you really want to have a personal and intimate relationship with Jesus? Do you want to? And since last week we talked about the baptism in the Holy Spirit, we talked about surrendering our lives to such a relationship, then I thought this might be a good, a good place to start in the November questions, a good follow-up to that message. So, so here we go. We're going to try to answer this question. How do I hear and follow God? I think a lot of us secretly would like to have, or at least we think we would like to have an experience with God like Samuel did in the scripture that we just read. Like we'd like God to call us by name and speak to us audibly. I used to think that, but the more I read the Bible, the more I think it's a lot scarier than most of us think it would be. Like we think it'd be super easy, but like when you fall out on the floor trembling in fear, I think it gets less fun then. So since the day of Pentecost, since the New Testament church was born, um, more times than not, God's going to speak to you, uh, to the heart of a believer, through the Holy Spirit. Remember the passage that we read last week from Romans where we talked about, what we had talked about praying in the Spirit. That same passage speaks of the link between the heart of God and the heart of the believer through the Holy Spirit. And I want to show it to you again in this context. Romans 8, verse 26 and 27. And the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for. I just I appreciate the Apostle Paul just laying it out there for us like that. But the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. And the Father, who knows all hearts, knows what the Spirit is saying. For the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will. God knows everybody's hearts. And the Spirit knows the heart of God. So it's the Holy Spirit who helps us to hear the communication right from the heart of God, Amen. right into where we live. So if the question is, how do I hear from God, then the, the short answer is through the Holy Spirit. We hear from God through the Spirit. But I think the deeper question is, what are the ways the Holy Spirit might speak to me? So I want to dive into that for just a little while, and, and then I want to tackle what I think is even a deeper question. So first of all, how does the Holy Spirit speak to us? Well, sometimes it's a gift of the Spirit. He speaks to, us, speaks to us through the gifts of the Spirit. Often spiritual gifts are used to communicate truth to an individual, not just to a congregation. I think we think of spiritual gifts in the context of church services. But if that's the only way spiritual gifts are ever used, then you're missing out on a whole lot of what the Holy Spirit was sent to us for. We, we think sometimes that the Holy Spirit was just given to liven up our services, and that's, the, that's maybe the least of the things that he was sent on earth to do. So there, there you may get a word of prophecy from someone. You may get a word of knowledge or a word of wisdom from someone. Sometimes people will call it a word of exhortation. 
Sometimes somebody might just tell you, real generically, not trying to put a label on it, they might just say, I just feel like the Lord wants me to tell you something. But I want you to hear this Pentecostal preacher very clearly this morning. When somebody gives you a word of whatever, that word should be more confirmation than revelation. Y'all with me this morning? It should be more confirmation than revelation. The first time you hear about it shouldn't be from somebody else. I believe, and it's been my experience, that God will communicate it to you first and then confirm it through somebody else. It should resonate with your spirit if it's true. Okay? Now, sometimes it takes the input of someone else for you to recognize what God has already been saying to you. Because sometimes, I don't know if you're like me, sometimes I'm a little thick up here. I I wasn't looking for an amen. Thank you, (laughs) father-in-law. I'll be auctioning off a father-in-law after church. Anybody's in the market for one. So the Lord may have already told you or already impressed it on you. You just didn't understand it. Okay, so when the confirming word comes to you, then what happens a lot of times is you start seeing all the dots connect. All right, back in 2015, Valerie had a series of dreams. Uh, She dreamed the same dream three times. Uh, In the dream, she was pregnant. The only difference in the dreams was that in the first dream, the baby was a boy, and the other two times, they were girls. So, now I can tell you, um, in the natural, ladies and gentlemen, angle happened. Okay? Angle happened. We had both had surgery because we grew up in the 80s and we wanted to be for sure, for sure. There were going to be no more kids. Okay? So, a pregnant Valerie in 2015 would, not, would, would have involved not only a miraculous intervention, but two medical malpractice lawsuits. Okay, I just want y'all to know where we were with this. All right, so but 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 these dreams are here. I mean, you got to do something with them. She, she keeps dreaming the dreams. So she, she and she said this baby was uh, was a big baby, not like a now Butler babies are big babies anyway, but but like a big big baby, much larger than a newborn should be. So she knew that was significant. She just didn't know what it meant. All right, so we're, we were praying. We had two services at that time, and and we were praying in between services. And uh, in January of, of 2016, and George Ann came up and sat down beside Valerie, and Valerie was kneeling at her chair right over there, and, and um, Valerie's not there, by the way. She's not, like, really small. She's just, she's in the nursery, okay? I keep referencing her, and she ain't there. Um, so George Ann came and sat down beside her and said something to the effect of, now listen, you're going to think I'm crazy, but I feel like God is saying that y'all are going to adopt. Now, that's quite a lot to just lay on somebody on a Sunday morning between churches, um, but in that moment, all the ways that God had been communicating with Valerie fell into place. The dreams made sense. The baby wasn't a baby. It was a child. And, gi- and giving birth was just a metaphor. And we knew in that moment that we were going to foster and eventually adopt. What George Ann said was absolutely correct. That that is what God wanted us to know. He had already told Valerie. She just hadn't put all the pieces together. George Ann's word of knowledge or word of prophecy wasn't news to us. It was clarity for us, okay? And based on that clarity, 
we started the process the next week <clears throat> to be foster parents. And then six months later, we, all, we opened our home <clears throat> to our first set of boys that we fostered. And, and, and in 2020, guess how many kids we adopted? Three. Three dreams, three kids. We adopted a boy and two girls. You know how we've endured the, um, the difficulties of fostering and adopting? Because we knew we had heard from God. So the times we wanted to quit, the times it was too painful, the times it was too confusing, it was too hard, we knew God had called us to it. We knew he had not released us from it, so we knew that quitting wasn't an option. And the gifts and the influence and the intervention of the Holy Spirit were all over it. So we changed our lives because the communication of the Spirit was as clear for us as the audible voice of God was for Samuel. Okay? Now, what would have happened if uh, she had not had the dreams yet when Georgian gave us that word? Sometimes you're going to receive a word or you're going to receive some kind of information that you don't understand. Y'all ever been given a word? You're like, thank you. Right? You're like, I, I don't know what that means. It doesn't necessarily mean that you're not spiritual enough to understand it. Okay, don't we always kind of go there? We're like, I'll just be too dumb in the spirit to understand. That's not what it necessarily means. It it doesn't necessarily mean the other person person is just crazy, right? It doesn't mean they missed it. It just means you don't have all the information you need to make a decision about it. You need to have, you're going to have a hard time finding this in scripture. I'm just telling you the practical application of it. You need to have a box somewhere in your spirit to put stuff in that you don't know about yet. A wait-and-see box. You need a wait-and-see box in your spirit. Some stuff, you know immediately it's wrong, right? Sometimes, like Valerie, you know immediately it's for you. But some stuff, you just need to hide it away in that box and see if God does something with it. See if he tells you something about it, all right? It, it It may just be the timing hasn't all lined up yet. Does that make sense? Right? Just, I'm just trying to give you some practical nuts and bolts kind of stuff about your relationship with Jesus and about hearing from the Lord. All right? Hearing the voice of the Lord is often a function of following peace. Following peace. Now, I've been credited with saying this over the years, but I've, I'm just quoting a simple Christian song that I heard on the radio in the 80s. Okay? It must not have been too popular since I'm the only one who seems to remember the song, all right? But if you, if you want to know what God's saying to you, go where the peace is. That's, that was the name of the little song, Go Where the Peace Is. The last line of the chorus says, go where the peace is because that's where the Prince of Peace will be. Does that make sense? Isn't that great? He speaks through his peace. When Valerie heard the word uh, that Georgian shared, she knew it was the Lord, not just because we trust Georgian and not just because it connected dots for us, but because it brought peace. Like it just, everything in our spirit just went, like we understood what he was saying. And listen, peace doesn't mean calm. I promise you, we're thinking about bringing somebody else's kids into our house. That is not a calming thing. All right? It's, we were absolutely terrified. But we also knew that it was what we were supposed to do. 
So that's why scripture says the, the peace of God surpasses or transcends our understanding. What we understand might bring us fear, but the peace of God supersedes that fear. It overcomes that fear. It outranks that fear. You don't act on the fear, you act on the peace. And you go where he says to go. And I use that all the time. Sometimes I'm faced with a decision to make that are, there are two options that seem equally reasonable. Y'all know what I mean? Y'all don't know what I mean? Y'all want to trade lives? Because mine's a little complicated apparently, right? So it's easy when there's a good, a good uh, option and a bad option. Anybody can do that. But when you got two equally good options or two equally bad options, sometimes it's hard to figure out. But adulting is hard, and sometimes there's a deadline. Like, you can't just take forever to decide. A decision has to be made at some point. So what I do a lot of times is I think about myself making the, making the first option, making the decision to follow the first option. And so I think about choosing it. I think about walking it out. I think about uh, the consequences I think about how it affects other people, and then I set that aside, and I think about choosing the second option, and then follow the same process. And what I've found is almost immediately, I know which option brings peace. You look at me like I've lost my mind. I know which option brings peace, and when I find the peace, I found my choice, and I go that way. It might be the harder of the two choices. Usually, quite honestly, usually it is. But, but if I have the peace and the assurance that this is the path God has for me, then I know that he's going to be with me in it. So that's what I have to do. So how do I hear from God? How do you hear from God? Sometimes it's through the confirmation of somebody else operating a spiritual gift. Sometimes it's through following the peace of God. You say, so John, should I always look for a dream and then wait for somebody to come confirm it? No. No. Listen, God's got a thousand ways he can do anything. Okay? So it's not always going to be the same process. Hearing from God is, is something you develop over time. All right? The voice of God is often just an impression. It's often just an impression. It's kind of hard to even describe what that is. You just... I, I, old Baptist preacher where I grew up said, you just know in your knower. I'm like, am I knower? I have a knower? But the older I've gotten, I'm like, yeah, i got a knower. I don't know where it is, but it's in there somewhere. Just, just something I feel or sense on the inside. A still, small voice that's just kind of growing in intensity over time until you can't ignore it. That's what Elijah called in Scripture a still, small voice. Not louder than the other voices, just distinct, just different. Sometimes over the years I've tried to ignore the voice to the point that my heart's racing and my, I can't think of anything else. Still and small can become active and loud rather quickly if you ignore it long enough. So take it from me, don't wait that long. Be obedient once you realize it's him talking to you. He don't have to scream at you to be serious about what he's saying. Okay? It may be the voice of God might just be a thought right out of the blue. Just like you weren't thinking about anything in particular, or you sure weren't thinking about this particular thing, and it's just, it's just there. This intrusive impression or thought hits you. 
And it, it may be somebody you think about that you hadn't thought about in a long time. I can't tell you the number of times that somebody will cross my mind or somebody will come up in conversation that I hadn't thought about in a while or I'll be looking for another person's contact in my phone and I see a name and go, huh, I hadn't heard from them in a minute. And I'll reach out just to, just to say, hey, just to make contact and they'll say, I can't believe you text me just now. I, I needed to hear from somebody. I needed to talk to somebody. I, I, I needed to know somebody cared about me. All kinds of ministry opportunities and encouragement can come from these seemingly random thoughts you have if you learn to recognize the voice of the Lord speaking to you and working through you. Okay? A lot of people say, boy, I just wish God would use me in my everyday life to encourage people. He wants to. He's tapping on your noggin. You just have to recognize it. I used to hear preachers all the time say, well, God told me this week. And I'm like, how do you, how do you, how do you get that? He's speaking. You just don't always recognize the voice. It's not a special relationship. You just have to learn his voice when he speaks. And that leads me to the deeper, maybe the deeper question that's underlying this question. Um, inside the question that was sent, I don't think it was just about the nuts and bolts of how God speaks to you. I think the deeper question is about the confidence to know it's God and not your own voice, or to know it's God, and even worse, the voice of the enemy trying to deceive you, right? I hear a deep concern in that question that the voice they hear is the right voice, and I cannot tell you how much I can relate to that, all right? There are so many voices competing for your attention in this world. It's easy to get distracted. It's easy to get deceived, or it's easy to get the message distorted by all the chaos and all the voices that are around you. So let's go back to the, let's go to the scripture that they referenced inside, inside the question. Uh, and that's in John chapter 10, verse 27. This is what Jesus said. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. I think the key word in the whole verse is listen. Not just hear it. Not just recognize it, but listen for it. Seek it. Seek the voice. Be alert to the voice. When you're listening to it and you're listening for it, then you begin to develop a relationship with your shepherd. And it takes time to develop your ear for his voice, especially among all the noise of life. A friend of mine calls it practicing. You have to practice hearing his voice. But if you continue to practice hearing it, you'll learn to pick it out in a crowd, right? A mother can be in a room full of people, and her kid can say, Mama. And she zeroes in faster than Doppler radar, right? She'd be like, that's how my baby sounds when her, when her stomach hurts. Excuse me? That woman just diagnosed gastric distress in a kid that's 30 yards away from one word. What in the world? That, but that's what happens when you're listening to that particular voice. We can get in a place with God where the Holy Spirit just whispers into our spirit and we're like, yep, I know exactly what you're saying. Let me get on it. Let me get busy. Let me do what you told me to do, right? 
I think it's fear that keeps people from hearing and obeying God. It's fear. You're not spiritually deaf, and God's not, not, not mute. You're just scared, okay? We're terrified that we're going to mess up. We are afraid that we're going to say something that wasn't really what he said, and we're going to have attributed it to God, and it wasn't God. Or we're going to do something that we swore God told us to do, and it turns out maybe he wasn't in it after all. Okay? Let me take the pressure off of you. I'm going to make you feel so much better. You are absolutely going to miss it sometimes. Does that make you feel better? <laughs> you're, going to miss, you're going to miss it. Why? Because relationships take time to build. They take time to build. You remember our opening scripture? Samuel heard the audible voice of God three times before he knew what he was listening to. The scripture said it. He didn't know it was God's voice because he had never heard God before. You have to practice. You have to tune your ear to the voice of the Lord. But that usually means you're going to respond to the wrong voice a few times before you recognize and tune to the right frequency. Okay? Everything with God happens through faith, right? Right? It's a walk by faith. There's no such thing as faith without risk. By definition, the faith walk is a risky walk. If it was clear and certain, it wouldn't take faith. It'd be sight. So give yourself the grace and the time to learn the voice of God. He's not mad at you. Y'all do know that. He's not mad. He wants you to know what he's saying. Okay? But at some point, you have to act on it. You, so, so say what you heard him say. Do what you heard him tell you to do. You're not going to know until you act on it. If you're waiting for 100% certainty, you'll never move. You'll never do anything. You have to take a step and then when you take a step and it, and, it, and it turns out exactly to be what you thought it was, then you're like, okay, so that was the voice of the Lord, right? But you're not going to know until you try. You can't learn it until you step out. But listen, that's not all on you. It's not all your responsibility. Don't miss the fact that Jesus said in John 10, I know them before he said they follow me. He, he's, not, he's not just saying stuff from on high and then folding his arms to see what you're going to do with it. He's not setting you up, hoping you fail. He's your shepherd. He's leading you. He's guiding you. If you're actually trying to hear and follow, then he's going to do everything he can do to get you in the right place at the right time. He wants you to hear him. He wants you to obey this is not a test of your perfect hearing and obedience. It's really just about your submission to his voice. So don't be afraid to make a mistake. We don't say that enough in church. Stop being terrified that you're going to do something wrong and God's going to zap you. That's not in the Bible. That's not God. That's Zeus. That's Greek mythology. You don't have to be afraid of God. Don't be afraid to make a mistake. He's more invested in the relationship than you are. I promise you, Jesus is all in with you. So step out in faith and start tuning your ear to God's frequency. All right? 
And here's just maybe a little tidbit to help you feel better as you do it. Don't blame everything on God. Especially as you're learning. All right? You can say something like George Ann said to Valerie, like, you might think I'm crazy, but this is what I hear the Lord saying. Or you might say, I feel like I need to tell you this. All right? Give yourself some wiggle room in there. You don't have to use a preacher voice and raise your right hand and declare that it's straight from the throne of God. That freaks people out, by the way. All right? I mean, you might have a scroll straight from Gabriel. Like, don't tell nobody because they'll freak out and run out of the room. Just communicate what God told you to communicate. And when it's from the Lord, they'll know it. Okay? I heard my spiritual hero, Mark Rutland, I heard him preach one night. And if you don't know Mark Rutland, he is a, a preacher's preacher. Good Lord. He just preached the horns off a goat. Um, I don't know why horns would need to come off a goat, but anyway, Mark can do it. A missionary, a pastor, a teacher, a university president, missionary, you know, global ministry pioneer. And he took the pulpit that night and he said, I've got two messages on my heart and I simply cannot discern which one the Lord wants me to preach. <laughs> he said, so I'm going to pray and then I'm going to choose one. And, and if... I choose the wrong one, then just blame it on my inability to hear and not on, the, not on the ability of God to communicate. I love that. I love that. It, it may have made other people uncomfortable. It made me like, yes, I appreciate the honesty and the humility of that disclaimer. It just gave me so much peace, so much permission to walk in faith, but not be devastated by the possibility that you're just going to miss it sometimes and God's still going to love you. On, on the most important life-changing stuff, ask God for confirmation. All right? Like, don't go sell your house tomorrow it, just because you think you hurt something. Like, you probably need to know before you go change your life. But, but ask God for confirmation. There's nothing wrong with that. If you get a word you don't understand or you feel conflicted about it, or, or what, just reach out to a seasoned brother or sister and have them pray with you about what they might be hearing from God about it. But just know at some point, you got to do something with it. you got to choose to obey it or not. Now, there's one last standard for hearing from God that is the most important, and I want to make sure everybody hears what I'm saying. The voice of the Lord will never violate or contradict the written word of God. Okay? It will not. You say, but what if the Spirit says something different? That's not possible. They're the same. Three in one. Jesus is the word of God, right? And what's the word of God called in Ephesians 6? The sword of the Spirit. They're one. The Spirit is never going to contradict the Son. Never. So if what you hear is different than what you read, you can know without a doubt that what you're hearing is not the Holy Spirit. Might be a spirit, but it ain't the Holy One. Okay? If somebody gives you a word that violates the Word of God, don't, don't put it in the wait and see box. You can go ahead and toss it in the trash. All right? You don't have to burn the relationship. But you don't, you, you don't need to receive it or come into agreement with it because it's not the Word of God. So, so let me ask you 
this question about hearing from the Lord. Do you listen to the Word of God? Do you do what this book says when you read it? Because there's no reason to ask God to speak if you're ignoring what He already said. You knew you were in trouble when your mama said, I already told you that. Right? If you, you, learned, you learned quick, the conversation is over at that point. Okay? There's no reason to ask God to speak to you if you're ignoring what he already said. What the Spirit says to you is always going to be about how to apply what he's already said in his word. How to be obedient to it. Okay? If you have no intention of doing what the word says, then why do you need to hear from God? He's not going to change his mind. There's no updated version of the Bible that eliminates some of the more complicated parts and uncomfortable parts and just makes everything smooth and silky. That, that's not how that works. He's not going to change his mind. He said what he said. He meant it when he said it. He still does. You cannot say with a straight face that you're open to hearing from God and walking in the Spirit if you continue to ignore the clear command of Scripture. Now, having a relationship, Corey, you can come on, man. Having a relationship with Jesus through the Holy Spirit means that you decide today that no matter what he asks you to do, the answer is yes. Okay? I don't know if they told you that when they invited you to get saved, but that's what getting saved means. Okay? When you see it in Scripture, it's a yes. When you hear the Spirit say it, it's a yes. It's living out what the old hymn says, where he leads me, I will follow. That's not a decision that you get to make on a case-by-case basis. You're not asking God for proposals for you to decide to just shuffle through, yeah, I don't like that. Yeah, okay, I can do that one. That seems pretty easy. That's not how that works. The relationship that Jesus provided through his sacrifice on the cross is an upfront, unqualified yes. That's what surrender means. That's what carrying your cross means. That's what crucifying your flesh means. That's what covenant means. The happiest marriages are the ones where when one spouse says, will you help me? The other spouse just starts getting up before they finish the sentence. They don't even have to know what they need help with. They just know, hey, we're in a covenant relationship. If you need help with something, I'm coming to help you. If you're doing it, I'm doing it too. I heard, I heard one preacher say that we spend too much time trying to figure out what God wants us to do, where if we just see what God's doing already and go join him in doing it, we'd probably get there faster. Right? If you really want to hear the voice of God, surrender. Go ahead and tell him yes before you ever hear what he says. He'll give you the direction. He'll give you the power. He'll give you the means and the opportunity. Just go ahead and say yes. That's the life of a believer. That's the life of a person God can and will talk to. 
I asked you at the very beginning of the message, do you want to be a person who has a personal and intimate relationship with Jesus or do you not? If you do, if you want to hear the Lord speak to you, surrender and tell him yes before you ever figure out what he's saying. Y'all stand with me. this with a friend this morning um, and I just feel like I need to share it in this context um, right before Valerie and I got married I was singing in a Southern Gospel Quartet um, quite honestly I thought that was going to be my life that's what I was going to I was going to be Corey Pearson when I grew up um, and I was going to I didn't know Corey and I'm older than him but uh, that, that's what I thought my life was I thought that was my calling and that's what I wanted to do and um few months before we got married, I heard the Lord say, really, clearly, it's time for you to leave the group. And that shattered my world. I had no idea what I was supposed to do after that, because that was that's what I thought I was supposed to do. It's what I thought I was called to do. So tried to ignore that. That didn't work well at all. And so I uh, left the group. And a few months later is when I got the opportunity to do youth ministry. And that began the last 32 years of pastoral ministry in my life. What I did not know in that moment was that I had to let go of what I had before God could give me what he had for me. But that required that I surrender in that moment sight unseen. He didn't tell me why. He just said quit. And I quit before I ever knew what I was going to. All right? So I just want to encourage you, if you're hearing the Lord say something that seems confusing or that you don't quite understand, I'm not telling you it's the Lord. you got to come to that conclusion yourself. What I'm telling you is that it is not unusual for God to tell you things that you don't wind up understanding in the moment. He may ask you for some obedience that you don't have the context for. But that's what surrender means. Okay? So here's what we're going to do. I'm going to, I'm going to pray. They're going to sing a song. And I'd love for you to come to this altar if there's anything you want to pray about. If you've got anything going on in your life, a relationship issue, a financial issue, a health in, in your body, whatever it is. But I would also like you to spend the next few minutes listening to what the Spirit has to say to you about your obedience and about hearing His voice and responding to that voice. And I want to challenge you today, if you haven't done this already, to say yes say yes before you ever find out what the question is let's pray Father I just thank you for the chance to be in your house today thank you for your word I thank you for your spirit I thank you for the people who were listening so attentively today and God I just pray that you help every one of us who call you by name who have surrendered our lives to you help us today that we settle in our spirits that it's going to be yes no matter what your question is because we know the plans that you have for us are plans to prosper us and not to harm us we know that what you have for us always works together for our good because we love you and we're called according to your purpose so Lord I pray that we trust you 
this relationship and that we say yes and we step out and do what it is you called us to do. Help us to practice and develop our, our hearing of your voice. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. We pray that you have been blessed and inspired by today's Covenant Living broadcast. To find out more information about our ministry, just visit our website at www.covenantlifewestga.org. You can find this video there on our homepage. Just click the YouTube button and make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel. And give us a call at 770-537-3747. That's 770-537-3747. At Covenant Life, our mission is to go and make disciples by being real, relational, and reaching. Be sure to join us next week for more Covenant Living with Pastor John Butler.